Good afternoon, everybody. I'm bringing Harms up, and here he is. Here we are. We're live. It's Friday, and it's another week in lockdown. And here we are. Although apparently we don't have that many left. Hmm. Apparently, so the, so the announcement yesterday was talking about that, and uh, I think I think I think the announcements in the UK have been fantastic. That's my sort of personal feeling. Hmm. And we had that lovely rainbow yesterday, which made it onto the front page of one of the newspapers. Did you see the rainbow? I we had didn't. A massive storm here in the UK. Yeah, certainly, yeah, yeah. Certainly in London, um, and then afterwards, where I am in Canary Wharf, there's this beautiful uh, rainbow, and that made it onto the front page of one of the newspapers. Like, uh, you know, a new dawn, a new day. We're going to be coming out of this. So nice. I mean, I mean that's beautiful. Optimism. But it, optimism, but also it sounds like they're running out of things to put on the front page. Yeah. Uh, as well uh yeah. so okay uh, okay recap of the week so far remember we were creating your first course which is going to be as part of your expert funnel it's your it's the entry point for customers to discover who you are start to build trust with you and maybe later down the line they're going to purchase your premium product your core offer and um, something which is more expensive uh, you know it could be your time one-on-one it could be a more expensive product it could be a really expensive service whatever that is that's where we're going to be leading them to. But it starts with a first entry-level product. And if you fr- if you flow through the week, we've spoken about what, what to create, how to create it, how to deliver it, how to teach, uh, the confidence involved, uh, the technical aspects involved, and all of that's done, including the fact that you've actually got a physical document now, plus a first production of your course, which was shot live in play. So you've got these permanent assets in, in fixture. One is a syntax, which is almost a, a structure of your course, which is permanent, it's documentized. Also, we have the video out there, which was a, which was hosted in a Facebook group for the purpose of this week. It's hosted in a Facebook group as social learning units. And now that exists. That's also a physical asset, which is out there. So that's the recap on how far you've got this week as you're following along and appreciate that some of this stuff's going to take a long time, but this has now given you the blueprint, the steps on exactly how to do that, which brings us into today, which is very much summarizing, which is what I've done, but also now thinking about how do we turn this into a product that we can use again and again and again and make money from again and again and again. So hi, Carl, over to you. Yep. So we are going to be taking all of the work we've been doing, all the IP that we've been creating, and we're going to turn it into a proper product. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, well, I just delivered a course. I just made a few hundred pounds or a thousand pounds by delivering this course. Isn't that a product? I made money. Um, and the the thing here is that a product and a service are not the same. Um, this has become confused more recently because of digital and because of online. It used to be that a product was something physical. It was something you could hold in your hand. It was tangible. And a service was intangible. Somebody coming to your house to help you clean it or somebody notarizing a will for you, for example, is a service. However, the line between product and service has become blurred because now when I buy a product online, it's not the same as having something that I can hold in my hand. It might be a PDF file. Um, so it's not tangible. It's a bit different. So it's... It's, uh, it's useful to get a recap of what products are and what services are. A more useful definition nowadays is a service that every time I sell a service, a service is something that I need to spend time doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was doing one-on-one consultation with a client, um, that would be a service because I need to, every single week or every month, sit down on Skype or Zoom or whatever and talk to them. That takes my time. Whereas a product, I do not need to. If I write a book and sell a book that is a product that somebody's purchased from me, I'm not needed to read the book for them. I'm not needed to kind of hang over their shoulder and be like, oh, this is a good bit. You'll love this bit. My time is disconnected from the product. Whereas with service, I continue um, to put time into it. We want to be moving towards a product. Mm. Because, because a product then allows this amazing word which is scalability Mm. which means we can get this one item out to an unlimited amount of people uh, essentially with us without us having to spend more time and when you talk about time and scalability if you're talking about in the service sector very much the best way to scale your time is to hire more people now that comes with its own challenges uh, its own you know sort of business infrastructure required salaries 
PAYE, etc., um, and all the things that come with employees training and all that stuff. Whereas that's scalable in the service industry or a, as a service. You could be a coach, and you suddenly can you say you could coach five people a day. Well, suddenly your demand changes to 10 people a day. Well, actually, now you're going to have to hire another coach who works alongside you and under you within that hierarchy. That's, that's another staff member. Whereas a product doesn't require the hiring of more people. It just doesn't. It just means you can reach more people um, because you have a product, which is a digital product, which is specifically what we're talking about today. I mean, even if you're hiring your staff members, just like you, they only have 24 hours in a day. There's always going to be that limit. There is a time limit. Whereas, so if I suddenly had a million customers want to use my coaching services, I would need to hire a lot of people. Um, it, it doesn't become possible at that point. Whereas if I can sell a, a million copies of a book, absolutely. It doesn't take me that much more work because I've already written the book. Um, the publisher's doing a lot of the scaling for me there. Or if it's digital, I just sell a million of the book. Um, that's done. So we are moving more towards this product now. Um, the yeah, and the goal is therefore to create a product. Yep. That's if you're, if you're spending time with us this week. Look, we appreciate there's going to be a service to sell, but you can actually sell this service later down the line for a much more premium price point than you probably are, are selling at now if you follow this particular model. So right now, the focus is and the goal is to create a product. Now, let's loop back to what's, if somebody's been following us this week, they may ask us the question, which is, okay, so why didn't we just create a product, mm -hmm. a nice, shiny, fancy product? Why did we not just go ahead and create one? Why did you put us through this process, these eight stages we spoke about the other day, the, the fact that we created, we shot it live? Why did we do that method rather than just go ahead and create it? Yeah, we started by providing a service. We did a live service to the people we were teaching. Um, why did we do that? Have we misled you? Have we lied to you? Made you do the wrong thing? It's a fair question. Um, in fact, a few days ago, we actually said, do not build a product. Do not build a beautiful, shiny, clean, um, final, perfect version of this um, of this course. Do not do that. So we've told you not to build a product. And now we're telling you, you should have a product. So I can understand if you're annoyed here. So the problem with creating a product straight out of the gate is that the amount of time and energy and work it takes means that most people do not complete the product they never ship it um, you've probably got a, a novel in your head that you haven't written down because it's such a big um, insurmountable task we either don't start or we start and we give up what we have done over this week is we have given you a framework that you can just push through and we've used the word momentum a lot um, this week it's just to push through the creative process so that at the end you're left with um, you've done the course you've taught it to people you have a syntax which is a um a document which is your intellectual property on a piece of paper and you have recordings of your course we have the foundational elements for a product because we pushed through and we did a service first mm. um, i remember earlier on in the week and the book is behind hans on the bookshelf as well the lean startup is a book and a methodology we've been applying here we are using this first draft um, the first live course that we developed and uh, delivered already, we're using this as a learning tool. We can learn what worked, what didn't work, what could we improve, what can we cut entirely. We can learn that from doing this first draft and then add those learnings, add those improvements into our final product. So the final product is going to be much, much more powerful, much stronger when we take yeah. it to market. Which leads us onto the question, um, what can we learn from this? Mm. And by learning those things we ultimately understand how we can improve this and the best thing then to do is focus on let's look at the ways in which we can collect information in order to improve this first draft and Carl mentioned that book there and the phrase we use is a minimum viable product so at this stage we've got a syntax and we've got a minimum viable product now as it almost says in the tin, we've got a minimum viable product. Now, how do we take this minimum viable product to the next level? So the first thing to consider when understanding on how to improve this product that you've created is by collecting feedback. Uh, and I'll start this off with this two. There's one very simple way in which you can collect feedback, which is to survey your current 
students, I say students, but people who have sat your course, purchased your course, maybe they sat one lesson, maybe they subscribed to it, maybe they joined your group. So you can essentially survey these people with two mechanisms. Uh, both of the both have the same output, but it depends on what you want to what you what system you currently use. So you could use a Google form to survey them, or you could use a tool like SurveyMonkey. Both have free mechanisms. Um, we pref- we personally use uh, the Google ecosystem, so we use Google form forms. But SurveyMonkey is great as well. It's they they create very pretty looking forms. Um, so you can send those uh, send that those questionnaires to the people who have essentially sat your course or joined your group. Now, what's important is the questions you ask them. Right, there's two questions which are obvious. What did you like about the course? What didn't you like about the course? They're great, but they're very general. Um, and you may not you may not get the specific elements you want to help improve the course. You're just going to get a general answer back. It was so great. Um, I love the course. It was engaging. Okay, yeah, that, that's all we get. We just get positive. People you just like, it's great. We loved you. They're mm. so handsome. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was so great spending a couple I didn't of weeks learn with anything. you. I was just staring into their dreamy eyes. <laughs> Said nobody about us ever. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that, I thought in a form of response for myself. That's what. <laughs> what so, I thought it out for Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you look amazing. So. But what we can actually do in this form is ask some more useful questions, and we've got some listed for you. So things like, where did you struggle? Um, what lessons seemed too fast? You know, which which lessons seemed to uh, just be too overwhelming? Uh, did you fall behind at any point? If so, at what point did you fall behind? Why did you fall behind? Was it uh, your lifestyle, or was it something to do with the course? Um, did you get bored with any? of the two obvious easy sections were some sections just so blatantly obvious should i have removed these sections so asking very specific questions like that to your first uh, course attendees allows us to make adjustments very very quickly now you don't have to take everything on board the idea is to survey so if it's also removing the anomalies from the situation where you're always going to have an extremely happy customer And you're always going to have an extremely, uh, the other end of that, which is an extremely unhappy customer. They love you and they hate you. Now, those two personalities are amazing um, and they come with their own negatives. Mm. What we're looking for are the people in between, the people who rate us two, three, four stars out of five. We're not interested in the one stars. We're not interested in the five stars. Yes, they're going to give us much information, but they don't tell us much because they were either pissed off or they were just so in love with us and our dreamy eyes. Too extreme. Great, but not really useful. The people in between and their rational reviews are what's useful. So that's a good place to start. Um, Stephen King has really good advice on this as well. His, when he receives feedback from people, he ignores individual feedback. But if five people or 10 people are saying the same thing about the same part of his book, at that point, it's like, oh, okay, maybe there is something wrong here or maybe there's yeah. something I can improve. So it's, it's the amount of evidence that stacks up pointing in a certain direction you can ignore one person saying something because everyone's going to be different and subjective but when a lot of people are saying the same thing it's time to really have a think about uh, making a change there yeah adapting and, and that's the whole point it's the first product mm-hmm. so what's another way we can what another mechanism we can use to improve what we've got sure so asking people direct questions is great um but uh, many respondents are not going to give you particular truthful answers or they might not even bother to fill out your survey um, so it's relatively limited you're only going to get a very surface level of information so what you can do is also look for customer and audience feedback that they're not directly telling you so we're going to read between the lines here um, so one really useful thing in facebook in facebook groups in particular is we can look at the analytics data of the videos and we can see how many people watched our videos what the average watch time is um, i think we can see when people dropped off we can see very granular information about how people interacted with our particular course material so we don't have to ask them we don't have to say what did you find boring we can see oh look halfway through this 30 minute video um 20 30 percent of the audience tuned out what was happening there that made them bored what happened there that made them tune away so we're looking at the data 
instead of asking people what exactly it is. Um, so yeah, how long each video is watched is really useful because that's mm. going to give you uh, uh, give you a, a comparable metric for how much engagement is across your course. If you look, if you have ten videos across your course, and they have people watch 100% initially, and then it's 90%, then 80%, 60%, etc. You can see there's a drop off over the course, and that gives you information that you can act on. Does it need to be shorter? Do the um, do you need to make it more compact? Make the video lesson shorter? Whatever it is to get people through the whole course. Um, mm. So read between the lines, look at the data, and you'll be able to uh, gain more information than just asking people because yeah. people are either too nice or they're uh, the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the, the facts lie in the data. It's not a comp it's a it's a mix between science and art um, yeah. because it will give you some hints. But like Carl said, you've got to read between the lines. You need not... to ask the questions. It will give yes. you the data. It would be like, okay, there's dropping off by the end of the course. Only 10% were tuning in. It's up to you still to to say hmm, something's not right there. What could that be? And you yeah. need to ask that question. Absolutely. So the next way, you know, there's if you think about another mechanism, it's probably the last one to to work with. Again, so it's not overwhelming, but there, you've got three different mechanisms to go off. Is very much a self-reflection process. And if you used to write a word on a piece of paper, it's it's going to be self-awareness. Mm. Um, being able to to take yourself, and it's an extreme, don't get me wrong, it's an extremely difficult thing to do, um, especially because, you know, we, we are, the way we are wired, you know, and, and hopefully everybody does love themselves, is but we are wired to love ourselves in the sense that, you know, it's very hard to be critical on ourselves. It's very hard to look at ourselves objectively and ask some powerful questions. And essentially what we want to do is we want to take ourselves out of ourselves and imagine we're looking at our course from an objective viewpoint. Well, imagine if you were a student. If you mm. were a student going through the course and someone else was teaching it, how would that change your viewpoint here? Yeah, so, so put yourself into somebody else's eyes, put a different set of glasses on, um, You know, position yourself as a student, position yourself as somebody interested in the subject, but may be watching this for the first time. Just remove the fact that you are the person who delivered the course out of the scenario, and then you're going to start to get an objective view. And it is tough um, because what we're doing is being very self-critical, but for the purpose of improving our course. And the best courses, the best people out there are constantly doing this, whether it's journaling in the morning, whether it's journaling in the evening. And a part of that process is how can I be better? How can I show up better? Where am I not showing up fantastically? Where am I showing up fantastically? So it's using those sort of techniques and mindfulness tools out there to to allow this self-awareness but we're going to focus and direct this on our course that we've created i can't say that word just stay on, away from it. i'm going to stay away from i'm going to avoid that word um so ask yourself these questions and we've got some notes here for you which is um are there any places whether whether it's in the syntax or when you watch back the course is there anything i could have explained clearly um, did I go off on a tangent, which was a link to what I was speaking about? Because remember, this is filmed live, so it's great. I mean, it allows you to explore this mechanism of, of live production. Uh, was there areas which you explained but didn't make sense? So you had to provide more evidence, more information, some more facts, maybe a story to make it allow, allow the listener for it to resonate more effectively, be firmed up in their knowledge. Any points which maybe took a very long time to explain, which could have been simplified into a couple of sentences. Uh, maybe you expanded on a simple point way too long. In the same time, was there any complex points or things that you felt were rushed? Actually, I could have slowed down there. I could explain that with a bit more detail. Maybe that point actually needed a diagram on my whiteboard. Remember we spoke about a whiteboard or a notepad. You know, I'm, I'm constantly producing diagrams. Did that point need a diagram? Um, as you are going through this course, did it follow a, a natural sequence or do you have to rejig the sequence? If, and I think the most powerful question, you know, this, there's some ideas to prompt you, but there'd be a lot more questions, granular questions within that. But the big question here is if I was going to immediately, as of today, as of tomorrow, teach this course again, how and what would I change in it? 
you know, that's that's the big high level question we're answering. And all these questions help uh, support that question because ultimately, uh, and this is the exciting part, we're going to take our minimum viable product, which we've created. We're going to take the feedback, which we've just spoken about, these three levels of feedback, and we're going to take these learnings to improve and actually go ahead and do a second run of this course, which is which is massively exciting. We've got feedback, ways to improve. We potentially have already got cash from this course, so we know proof of concept. We had people who watched the course. Again, we've got proof of concept that there's a demand for this knowledge. Now it's about taking it up to the next level, and that's exciting. So what is that next level for us? So very quickly on these reflections, on feedback, etc. from a technical point of view, you should be trying to make notes into your syntax um, so if you are watching through your videos, for example, and something doesn't really uh, hit home or needs a graphic, it needs an image, um, you can make a note on your syntax, maybe print it out and use right hand note. I think have another column which says literally improvements or enhancements, like whatever word feels right for you, uh, course enhancements, that becomes another column, uh, print it out. And as you're watching, I love that idea, as you're watching, you can update the syntax. Oh, I could do that there, I could do that there. Um, yep. So I like that. From, and then we're going to feed that all back, improve, and then go for our second run, which we're about to talk about now. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a product. We have the raw materials. We have the bricks. We have the cement. We have all the bits we need. We're just going to rebuild, um, and we are going to create something that we are proud to release out into the world, um, probably for a higher price point and to a much wider market. So this is an exciting opportunity here, um, and we've done a lot of the hard work already to be honest, a lot of the hard work. You've done most of the creation. Um, okay, so the ultimate goal here is we want something that's clean, a nice clean video course. Live is great, but it's, what's the word? It's not gritty, it's authentic, it's- um, It's, yeah, it's- It's an all, it's got the wrinkles. Like when we stumble over a concept, for example, you get to see that, which in a live setting, like this live video is fine, because um, you're seeing that we're human beings, but if you are creating a, a product, then it's okay to be more polished. Um, yes. We create something that's cleaner. It doesn't have the ums and uhs, mistakes, the getting uh, distracted, going. Uh, yeah, the, the blurry connection. Like, like even visually, sometimes one of us may blur out slightly. That's just the, the, the Wi-Fi connection. Uh, yeah, and our audio will sometimes uh, become a bit uh, staticky and stuff like that. Mm. We're going to remove all of that. Remove all of the. Uh, the uglier parts of the process and we're going to be creating something that's more precise to the point and it's going to be taking people from a to b um in the most efficient clean manner possible now remember we've talked about all this over the whole week but it's worth coming back to we are as experts showing people how to get from where they are now a to where they want to be b um, that is the core of this education and we're showing our expertise and our skills and our knowledge by taking them on this educational journey so when you are creating a product ultimately that's what we're trying to do we're trying to create a cleaner faster more efficient pathway from a to b for our yeah. students so, so one thing is look if you feel like through your facebook lives you already achieved that mm. that's perfect i mean look, some people have a great connection some people are natural you may have nailed it from A to B, when you look at it back in self-reflection, you you'll probably you may say, actually, there are improvements to be made, but not so drastic that this live course doesn't work as a product. Mm. So by all means, if your live course is created and you look back on it and say, that's pretty good to go, you know, that can be packaged up. Uh, we've done this with certain courses, mm -hmm. but we run certain courses live and we're like, we, we can't sell that as a product. It's just something sort of right about it uh, through this evaluation process. Whereas other times we filmed live, but because the content was so solid, so precise and to the point, each lesson was exactly an hour, that kind of mechanism, we packaged that up immediately and sold that as a product. So again, you're gonna have, you're, it's gonna be your gut call here. Uh, maybe you have somebody third party look at it and say, yeah, I would pay that much for that. I mean, that looks good to me. Um, I've seen other courses and this pretty much falls in that category. I'm happy with that. So by all means, if you've got a Facebook Live process that can be packaged up into a product, go for it. That's all good. But if you don't, then this will be the suggestion. Yeah, and 
if you went through that whole process we just talked about about collecting feedback and self-reflection and there are big changes that need to be made um if you can get people from a to b quicker and more efficiently then that's probably the main reason why you'd want to re-record um but as Holmes just said if you nailed it if you just smacked it out of the park everyone loved it and when you watch it back and you're thinking yeah that's pretty good um then just package that up and release it and we'll talk about that shortly right so now, now the next question is Okay, great. I get it, Harms and Carl. Let's create a second run of this course. Mm -hmm. Let's do a version two, essentially. Uh, let's take our learnings, take it up to another level, because I love the idea of putting this product out to the world, and I'm going to be proud of putting this product out into the world. So the question is, how do we do that? So number one in regards to how we do that is do exactly the same thing that you've just done, but this time the message is tighter, the syntax is cleaner, and all we're doing is doing another live course. Uh, it's the fastest way to dive back in. It's the fastest way to produce a level two. Um, you can get your current customer base. You know, one tip is you can get your current customers to uh, for, for free access for the second version, um, and then resurvey them. So then, so again, they're a part of this process of in, improvement. But essentially, what we're doing here is just filming it the same way we're doing it again live but this time you've practiced it you've created it you've looked back on it you've got feedback sharpen up the syntax and now we're good to go again yep and the more you do it the more practice you'll get the same if you're given a keynote speech the first time you give that keynote it'll be fine but maybe you stutter over certain parts you get a bit confused um it's not really polished and it's not fully resonating second time is going to be better third time is going to be even better and it's going to increase as you tighten and polish um, your content and your ability to communicate with the audience exactly the same here we will just continue to deliver now if you are doing this make sure that you're charging because what we're doing here is we're providing a continued service we are going out to our audience and our tribe and saying hey okay once a month or once every couple of months i'm going to be launching this course um it costs this amount of money you shouldn't necessarily be doing this as a free course that you're running every single month, mm. uh, for example. So yes, we are, uh, this is not really a product. This is continuing to run as a service. So make sure that you are continuing to pay for it. But yeah, and, and what, I'm, we're refining and we're yeah. getting better. And one of the objections here is, okay, but you know, didn't, I try, didn't I give it free to a bunch of people to start with? Mm. Yes, you did. But remember, these are people you gave a free gift to because they were early adopters. They trusted they you. Risk. They took a risk on your product. Uh, and that risk was either paying something very low price or following along the course. Remember, the risk is also giving up time to learn something new. That's, that's somebody's time, you know? So the fact they spent that with you as an early adopter and gave you feedback was, was a great exchange of value. I'm going to give some knowledge. I will have some feedback in return so I can improve this, put a price point on it, and then actually get it sold to a wider audience. They could so have been watching Netflix, but instead they spent that time learning with you. That's, that's, uh, that's an exchange of value, and people don't really realize that. Time's very important. Yeah, time's, time's very important. So, so what we're doing is we're rewarding the early adopters, mm -hmm. and anybody who's turned up late to this show, look, sorry, that, that reward's gone now. So now there's a price tag attached to the course. But guess what? I've got a whole bunch of people who watched it, they've reviewed it, they've liked it, and you know I've got some proof of concept here, so that's great. Now, what's another way to do it? So we can, we've spoken about live, what's another way to do it? Sure, so the second way is what we're gonna be talking about for the rest of today is we're gonna shoot a recorded version. This is the clean version. This is the, I won't call it final draft, but it's much closer to a final draft. It is something that you are setting in stone and saying, this is my masterclass, this is my course, and this is what you can purchase from me. Um, so it's going to require a lot more production, um, but this is what we're going to we're going to produce. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call it a recorded version, even though when you do a live video, you do get a recording afterwards. Yes. So the terminology is a bit weird here. What I'm talking about here is um, we're not producing it live. We are going to be producing it just recording onto a computer using a camera. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to call that the recorded version. Yeah. Absolutely, it gets really confusing. Yeah, and with the recorded version, why, why are we doing this? The reason we're doing this is because we want it to feel more like a product now because we've run the material, we've got the feedback. So now it's a case of turning that, maybe it's a blurry image, awkward audio, into a nice, clean, professional-looking finished product. 
that's the aim here. Because when we have that, we can attach a higher price point to it. And that's important here. Uh, and again, it's not it, depending on what the niche is, the price will change. That's, the, that's not the point here. The point is we can charge a price point. Maybe your first live course was free or it was just a nominal. Remember, we spoke about pay what you want. Whereas this has a fixed price, $50, $100, $200, whatever that is. But somebody's paying for that in exchange. Not only are they getting the material, they're getting a product, a nice, clean, finished looking um, material, which looks great and sounds great as well. Um, so that's important. Um, so in this case, what we would generally do is we use a higher quality camera, higher quality audio equipment. We would have lighting set up. You may need to hire somebody to record you or use some of the tech out there so you can record yourself. And this is going to be a combination now of you to camera, but also maybe slides, maybe looking at, that's the two core things, but you can add a few other elements in there if you choose to. But think about this as you to camera, but also videos off your screen, maybe some tutorials going on, maybe some slide deck uh, that you're talking somebody through, maybe it's a diagram. So now we're talking about adding more layers to this course, which you've jotted down in your syntax, which you think will be great. So if you've ever done an online course in pretty much any subject, you'll know what we're talking about here. There's going to be a slide deck. Um, maybe you get a PDF of the slide deck afterwards. There might be some worksheets, checklists. We're going to be adding this kind of collateral to really flesh out the course. So it's not just us talking to camera. It's us plus being able to show you things. Um, plus being able to give you resources outside. Um, but these are the two main things. There's going to be videos of you talking to camera, and then there's going to be uh, videos of your screen, of your slide deck, of whatever visual elements you're going to be using. And we're going to talk about both of these now. Mm, absolutely. So let's talk about the actual videoing of you creating this product. Now, video production is a humongous subject. It's, it's massive. And... It's, and we're going to cover it all now. <laughs> so, you know, if I'm ready, yep. ready to spend it comes. <laughs> Here it comes. I would say um, it, the big category or variable factor is what budget you have available. That will essentially determine what level of video production you have. Now, all are okay and all will be dependent on, you know, where you are within your business, you know, because you could be watching this and following along and said, actually, I've got operating business and this has just been a missing element. We just don't have a free entry level course. So I'm going to spend 10,000 pounds, get the film crew out mm -hmm. uh, and get this film proper. But it could be you as a freelancer. It could be you as a uh, solo entrepreneur, a, an individual business owner, and you've got to produce this on a tighter budget. You, you're both going to have a good finished product. It's just going to be varying levels of output there. So again, it's a big topic. So what I'm going to say is, somebody's delivering something what i'm going to say is you can list uh, you can explore this with us in the slack group because we can help answer lots of questions we can maybe link you to people who are experts within video production whether it's a youtube video a course we recommend somewhere depending on what level of um, ability you have with video production as it is because i remember two years ago i knew nothing about video production then did lots of learning process video process um, spending time with people who do video and now I feel like my knowledge is a bit higher but I had to take them to those resources so we can save you time there by linking you to some people but as I get as I get started I'm going to throw in the fact that I did set up a tv station in Vietnam and I went to a top three film school I'm just going to throw that in <laughs> nice so when you come and chat to us in slack I won't be talking to you. Yeah, I can help. Will be. <laughs> just, just forgot about that. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, uh, that. So I think that's that was uh, a past life. That was a past life, but those skills don't disappear. So come and chat to Carl about that. And tech-wise, you know, I can share what sort of tech I, I use as well for video production outside of what we just do here. Mm -hmm. Now, as a kickstart guide, if you're saying I love that, but you know, where do I start? Let's break this down into. Audio and video. So, Carl, what's your thoughts on audio as a kickstart? Sure. Audio, again, we talked about this yesterday. Audio is more important. Um, you need to make sure you really nail the audio. People are more, um, they're more charitable if your video is a bit blurry or not quite right. But if you have bad audio, you're dead. Like, 
it's not going to work. So you need to get good, yeah, you need to get good audio. Otherwise, uh, people have a very low tolerance for bad audio. Um, we talked yesterday or two days ago about getting a decent microphone or a headset like this. Um, if you are recording a full course and you really want to make it shine, spend a bit more money. Um, you don't need to spend hundreds or thousands. Uh, you can get yourself a shotgun microphone. That's basically a directional mic that you will point at yourself from a distance and it will only pick up what is here rather than everything around you. Um, so it's called a shotgun mic. Um, sure, S-H-U-R-E and Rode, R-O-D-E, make really good ones. Can't go wrong with them, really. Yeah. Um, or you can get a Lavellia, which clips on here. You might have seen them, the little fuzzy things. Um, they'll clip on. You see them on celebrities a lot when they're doing shows. Um, and again, uh, Sure and Rode, you can't go wrong with them. They're, they'll be a bit more expensive, but we're still talking about entry level at a 100 quid or so. Yeah, I, I think between 100 and 200. I think if you are now... If you prove the concept, it's all about now reinvesting and saying, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit to increase my production. But, but the things we're talking about now are Kickstarter, they're entry level. Yeah. And um, if, you're, if you're going to sell your course for £200 or $200, investing 200 into a Lavellia mic is a relatively small uh, investment yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah, we can expect that to be returned. Uh, I tell you what, Rode do a fantastic Wi-Fi mic where they'll plug in, they'll clip in here and the other part is not wired. It's fantastic. It just plugs into your device, mm. whether that's a camera, a phone. Um, they, they interact with quite a few devices based on the connection, and that's fantastic. It means you can walk around. Um, it's a Wi-Fi connection, so it's not wired. So, yeah, cracking piece of kit. And I think that's I think that's roughly around the 140, 150 mark. Um, so that's pretty good. So that's a road mic as well. And you'll be so, able to use the roads and the shores for years. They're not going to break. Um, yeah, and, and the technology doesn't advance that much uh, with these microphones. So, I mean, the Rode Wi-Fi mic was something that popped up, and I haven't seen it before. So that's that. So next thing is video. Uh, again, a very, very deep topic. Um, but you couldn't... So, so two real options here, which is, or three. You can go with a telephone. Telephone, what's strange? A smartphone. You can go with a DSLR. You can go with something in between that, which is almost, almost a compact uh, digital camera, which also has a good video. And then the high end is that that mega stuff, which somebody with a field crew will come and bring to the table. Now, what, what I would say as a kickstart, if you've got a decent smartphone, um, that is very, very powerful. I mean, what's that? Yeah, that was an iPhone 11? The, the new one, iPhone 11. iPhone 11, the small version. I mean, that shoots in 4K, I believe. The video quality is incredible. Um, what you may need is a little tip here with video. You may want to purchase a software which lives on the phone, which is a video software, which taps into the ability of these cameras. Because the video iPhone will come with a standard software, but it's very much fixed. Um, there's not much you can do with it. Whereas there's a, there's a couple of softwares out there which turn this into literally a video camera. It allows you to shoot in lots of different formats. Again, you go and explore that topic as well. Um, so I say start with the phone you have. Unless your phone is completely whack, then maybe you want to upgrade. Yeah. You can rent out DSLRs. So once you're prepared, you might rent a DSLR for the weekend. A, a DSLR is a digital single lens reflex camera. So SLR are those big cameras with the thing on top and a big lens. You've seen them said Canons and um, Nikon. Sony, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've probably seen them before. You'll know what it is if you C1, a DSLR is just a digital version of that. Um, and because of their lenses, they have optical lenses. They have a really nice, um, they, they allow you to get depth of field. So I don't want to get technical, but basically when you see in a film, um, the subject is in focus and behind them is out of focus. That's called depth of field. And well, it's, really it's sort of like my screen. So I'm fairly in focus. I'm not too pleased with this camera's focus, by the way. I'm fairly in focus, but the bookshelf is blurred. Yes. That you can't see all the titles on the bookshelf. So that's the depth of field, uh, which looks beautiful when done really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And DSLRs allow you to do that. That said, a lot of the new cameras um, and new telephones, they do that dig digitally. Yeah, um, so this can do that. So you don't even need a DSLR at the moment. So, I mean, 90% of the time, uh, unless you actually get in a professional film crew, um, if you're just looking to use your own camera, a high-end telephone is going to do the job. It's going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, 
So that's video. Again, you can spend thousands or you can just get started. Again, just, just work with what you've got. Do a trial run. So with everything we're talking about, do a trial run, trial run, look at it and say, does this look good? Um, often, just another tip is often it's not the tech that's the problem. It's just how we're using it, which is why when I explored it, I had a look at some software. I watched some tutorials. Again, chat to us in Slack about that um, because that's important. Now, yeah. um, Carl, you've got a note here, which is it's helpful having more than one camera. What's your, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So if I'm talking directly to the camera and I'm delivering a script, um, cool. I'm reading my lines, I'm coming off my syntax, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, and then suddenly I, I forget what I'm trying to say. And okay, I know I'm going to have to edit this out later and having a look. Okay, I recenter myself and then I come back to delivering. If I'm doing that with a single camera, I'm going to have to cut out all of that, uh, all of the errors I'm making. Totally. And the camera, sorry, myself in the camera, I'll be talking, 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 and then suddenly I will shift. Um, the audio will sound a bit different. I might move in the frame. My hands might uh, move. That's called editing inside the shot, editing, editing inside the frame. And it's quite jarring. Um, you've probably seen this in videos where it just cuts all of a sudden and somebody continues talking. That's because they have edited out a mistake that they've made, but they've only had one camera. If you have two cameras, you edit out the mistake by switching to the point of view of the other camera. Um, and that hides the mistake. And it also hides the fact that you've made a cut. Um, mm. So as a viewer, you're more, you only notice the fact that it has gone to the other camera. So, and you don't notice necessarily where the person's hands are or if they've moved or anything like that. Um, if you have two cameras, it allows you to edit together footage much quicker. You can just cut every time there's an error, you make a cut point and then you switch to the other camera and continue. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you're hiring an editor to edit your footage and you deliver them two cameras worth of footage, both, so I'm literally talking about one camera here, um, and one camera here, you can't see cause my hands are off screen, mm -hmm. but two cameras pointing at my face from slightly different angles. Um, that's what we're talking about. If you deliver that footage from both cameras to an editor, they will praise you. They will, they will, you know, uh, they will drop down and bow before you because <laughs> you such a great asset and it's going to be so much easier for them to mm. edit than if it was one camera. Yeah. And, and if you do it that way, you can actually get the production done a lot cheaper mm -hmm. because now you're, you're talking about a process versus a creative process where somebody has to watch, okay, where shall I restart it? When do they like, yeah, I mean, two cameras if you have the budget that makes total sense yeah um now the final point is lighting mm -hmm. um so again lighting requires a guide because it's a really simple way to do this lighting nowadays you can pick up some quality lighting for i mean anything from 30 quid to 120 and 120 has got your entire lighting kit in it's fantastic yeah. uh, lighting is critical um it's just i, I just think it's worth it makes whatever i'm filming here 10 times better it just really does it's incredible the, the impact it has the, to the final product this is why the camera doesn't matter that much um it's more about the lighting because if you are good at mm. lighting you can make a really bad camera still look fantastic so yeah. right, right now you and i i'm blown out here there's a reflection on this behind me so that makes it very bright you can see this side of me is blown out you've got the same on the left hand side of your face yeah um, if we had lighting kits, we'd be able to even that out. We'd be able to light um, from different angles. Once you've set it up, you don't have to do anything. Um, yeah. But it would just allow for a lot cleaner, more level lighting um, without weird artifacts like this brightness over here. Yeah. So, so let me give you an example. Right. Let me just put my lighting off. Okay. So I've got a lighting, uh, what we call a lighting ring. And mm -hmm. if you look at me, I'm not highlighted. There's not some nice shadows on me. There's, I, I just look like, a, just quite dull. And it's all based on whatever light is going on in the room. Now, if you if I switch this on, now you can see the camera coming to light because it's actually feeding in light. So think about when you go on a holiday and you're taking a picture on your iPhone or whatever, and the sun is blazing and the, you look at the picture and you're like, wow, that's an incredible picture. A lot of that's because of the light versus taking the picture in the evening when the picture is blurry it's really grainy um that's the key so 
it's it's how how much light you can get into the picture. Carl will give you a better detail on this, mm-hmm. but that's that's important. So people talk about one point lighting systems, two point and three point, uh, and then there's backlighting. It gets quite complex. We get into the weeds here. We um, get in the weeds here, but there's some great videos out there on there. Again, chat to us in Slack, and we can find you some links that I personally used. Carl can share his knowledge. Um, yeah, and again, once you've so three-point lighting basically means you have three lights. Once you've got those three lights set up, um, that's fine. That's all you have to do. You need to turn them on, um, but that will be it. You don't need to adjust the lighting all the time. Um, so it'd be a matter of having one of these kits that has three light sources, for example, setting them up once according to a guide or asking us on the Slack channel, mm. and then that's it. You just deliver your course. Um, so it is nice and simple, but the difference that will make to your end product is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I feel like audio and lighting make up the large percentage, yeah. and then the camera is the, I mean, the the least important mechanism here. I mean, we all have amazing cameras on our telephones. Like, yeah, we live in yeah, a, yeah. an age where that's just the case. The fact that you can film 4K on your phone. When I was back at film school, a 4K digital camera that was like, oh, you'd have to rent it for <laughs> thousands of dollars a day, and now yeah. it's just like just on this it's just it is literally just on this and you don't have to have the latest iphone or whatever they're all like extremely powerful they have been for years yeah. um if you've got a digital a, a compact digital camera they got some cracking stuff as well because that allows you to have stability control there's all sorts of cool stuff anyway getting into the weeds mm-hmm. now what we spoke about here is actually filming yourself actually videoing yourself and we've spoken about audio and the use of microphones We've spoken about video and the use of certain video technology, camera, anything from iPhone to DSLR to a big rig that somebody may bring along. And then we've also spoke about lighting uh, and then why lighting is important. We've also spoke about which one we think has uh, brings the biggest weight to the end product. So that's what we spoke about there. Um, now, remember, there's two things. One was video for you, actually you, and the other one is the video of the screen. So let's talk about how do we do on-screen stuff? Yeah, I mean, the, you don't need fancy graphics packages. You don't need um, animations or anything like that. We are literally talking about having a PowerPoint slide deck, um, whether it's PowerPoint or if you use a Mac, it's a Keynote, where you could be using Google Slides. We have that, and then we have in the bottom corner maybe um, our video overlaid Mm. so the complexity here is that we have more than one video source we have yes our slides but then we have our webcam um, as well so we need screen recorders allow us to do the two of them Um, Camtasia studio that's the big daddy in this industry Um, Camtasia does everything it's all singing all dancing it does screen recording so it allows you to do a presentation Mm. it allows you to capture from your webcam I think you can probably have multiple sources of video coming in uh, you can overlay them. So you know how right now you're looking at Harms and I in a two-up, it's called. Um, I can also do this, put myself yeah. down in the corner. I can do this. I can do lots of things. I can bring in other sources. Camtasia allows you to do all of that. I'm not using Camtasia, but Camtasia has similar um, similar transitions and similar effects. Um, basically, Camtasia is made for course production. It's the best tool there is for creating a course that has your face, that has uh, slides, that has transitions, etc. Uh, it also has a rudimentary editor, so you can chop up your videos afterwards and export them. It's great. Um, it's not cheap. I think it's a few hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I want to say, I want to say three hundred dollars. I feel like it, it is because it's a real good piece of software. It's, there are uh, dif- different levels. Yeah, there'll be different um, levels depending on enterprise and whether it's just if, you, if you're just producing one course off the back of it um so i think camtasia is cracking um if you want a a step down from that which is not as expensive but has a similar output there's a uh, it's a web-based product which is called screencast-o-matic and it's a nice alternative a lot cheaper and it's also got a good free trial period yeah. built in just, so just have a look at both camtasia is 241 pounds so that's probably $300 for yeah, an individual yeah. license. So it's yeah. not cheap, but it's great. Yeah, um, I actually use Screencast-O-Matic more than I use Camtasia because um, it's so fast. It's just, it's very lightweight. Um, mm. and you can very quickly capture your screen, capture your camera. Um, so if I need to do anything 
relatively fast. I'll use Camtasia, sorry, I'll use Screencast-O-Matic. If I need a full production workflow for a big, long 10-hour course, I'll use Camtasia. Um, yeah. try, try them both out. They both have free trials um, to see which one you are more comfortable with. Absolutely. And and if we're stripping this right back, the basic, basic level, if you're saying, look, um, I don't have a budget, whatever, uh, for this particular product, or let me try my first course using a software which is completely free. I'm not sure about Windows, but the Mac has a QuickTime player, which allows you to record the screen. Yep. Very sharp. It will save the file directly onto your hard disk or your external hard disk. And that's fantastic as well. You can have your audio. It, it has a really good output file, nice and clean and sharp. So um, I'm sure Windows will have the same thing. Windows will have something similar. It'll be whatever that player is, will have an inbuilt screen recorder. Oh, there we go. Um, Windows 10 has a built-in screen recorder. So yeah, it should be fine. Uh, one note with QuickTime is that it saves your video files in like a really high resolution. Um, and that will just burn up your hard drive quickly. So make sure you have an external hard drive. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, QuickTime's crazy, the size of those files. Yeah. I, I, massive files. Very high quality, um, but you definitely need an external hard drive, certainly. So that's the software. So if you want to record your screen and yourself at the same time, maybe you're in the corner, maybe you're like in a process where we are here next to each other, that's all possible using those tools and softwares. Now, one of the things, the next thing to consider including in your production or in your your course, which goes out to the world of version two, is slides, graphics, resources, and, and anything which will add additional layers and values. Now, if you remember in the first draft, we said drop all slides, drop all graphics, make it very simple. The focus here is just to get your first draft out there. Now we're recommending you add some slides and add another layer of dimension and engagement to your audience. Um, So that's important. If it makes sense for what you're teaching. If you are teaching yoga, for example, um, you probably don't need slides. You need a good quality video of yourself um, talking and giving uh, showing people the postures it's going to depend entirely um, but yes it's worth investing in putting together a nice slide deck at this point for the majority of courses yeah and, and you may, once you build a template you like um, then you can continue now remember having slides doesn't mean you break the the engagement rules and start to bore your audience to uh, powerpoint death that's death, not the key. Death, death by PowerPoint. Death by PowerPoint. We're going to avoid that. So slides should help enhance things you're talking about, but the focus is still you and your expert knowledge. The focus should not be somebody staring at paragraphs in a slide deck. That's going to be, that's, that's no good. Um, so Carl has a suggestion for templates that you use, and that is, he's brought it up now. You, you go to Creative Marketplace mm-hmm. and creativemarket.com creativemarket.com and here you can find templates which are beautifully designed uh, slide decks which you can plug into most places like keynote like powerpoint which you can just build off of and they're already built to encourage the opposite of death by powerpoint yep so can you see here uh, might be a bit too small but i'll put i'm going to hide you for one second just going to so you can see this is an example. I've just pulled up this template. I've put in a presentation course, and it's given me this. So these are uh, this bundle has 170 templates, and that includes things like workbooks, which is pretty cool. There's a 30-day challenge. It includes um, slides I can put into Keynote or PowerPoint or Google Slides. You'll see they have very limited space for text. And that's built on the design principle of you should not murder people by just dumping, dumping loads of text on them during your presentation. It's still about you delivering the content. Um, so you shouldn't be hiding behind your presentation. Uh, but you can see this template. Wow, you could do a whole ebook with this. Um, but it also has the templates for your slides. And I think this is 60 bucks or 75 bucks. Um, so something like this is worth investing in if you want to make it look uh, a lot more professional because the the built-in templates in PowerPoint in particular are very corporate um, and quite ugly. They're better in Keynote on Mac. Um, but still they're, they're generic. That's so, right. I, I mean, they, yeah. they are generic. They're like appeal to everybody kind of PowerPoints. They're the kind of things that you're not going to get fired for if you use them in a corporate presentation. They're just like yeah. fine. 
but they're not very exciting. So go yeah. to somewhere like creativemarket.com and you can just get these template packs. And as you saw there, they have all the headings. They have this is where you put your course content. This is where you put the learning points. Um, they're already built for online courses. So it makes it a lot quicker for you to, um, to build, put together a slide deck. Absolutely. So there we have it. We've got different mechanisms in order to help you produce this course. So let's combine that now and think about what do we have in the production of this. So we've got the camera feed, which is backed up by the audio, the actual video. It's actually us. It's actually us on the camera. That makes one part of the production. Then the second part of the production is the slides, the graphics, the resources, maybe using a template like Carl just showed you there. And the way we combine that production is we use something like Camtasia. Once we've got using something like Camtasia, which is a screen recording software, we then click record and then we go for it. Now, remember, don't get bogged down again by a script. Don't get bogged down by what do I say? What do I do? We're just replicating a cleaner, improved version of what we've already done in version one of the course. The yeah, minimum you've, done this. you've done it before. Done it. So we, we've already done it. So don't overthink it. Don't over worry about, oh my God, what do I say this time? It's the same thing. It's done. So, but all we're doing here is focusing on the production side of things. The message is the same. You are the same. Everything about you is the same. We're just now capturing a cleaner, more refined version. That's it. That's the key there. So that's the production in a nutshell. Mm. Again, if you've got technical questions, come and chat to myself and Kyle in Slack. We produce lots of courses now. As you can see, we're on video on a daily basis in the BBO show. So that comes with some sort of technical uh, technical understanding and also figuring out things. And of course, you've got Carl who's started a TV channel and gone to film school. There you go. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Um yeah, that is it. It's we don't want to overcomplicate the process. We are literally talking about yes, you have your camera feed, which you've already done for your live course. We're adding in maybe some graphics, some slides, um, and then we're bringing them together with Camtasia or Screencastomatic, and that's it. Mm, um, awesome. So now, now we allow you to put together a course. And let's now assume the next step is we've finished that process. We've got the produced course. Amazing work, um, and we'd love to be help you and be a part of that journey for you as well. Amazing work there. Now we can sell it. So look, again, this is a massive topic. This is now entering the world of digital marketing, entering the world of funnels, entering the world of influence and branding. All that stuff comes into play. But we want to really simplify it to the part on how do you mechanically sell your product without falling into the trap of uh, all of that amazing stuff, but it can be extremely overwhelming. So, Carl, what's the, what's the process here for them to sell their product and make some cash from it? I'm going to keep it really simple. It's uh, somewhere called Gumroad. Um, I will pull it up. I will hide you again. I think, I think we can still hear you, probably. So, uh, Gumroad is great for this. Um, before you go and spend £5,000 putting together a website with the membership uh, section and allowing you to host courses, don't spend any money right now. Just get it onto somewhere like Gumroad. You can see here, basically, you can upload your lessons, uh, you upload the videos, you upload any PDF resources, um, you add descriptions, you add titles, and that's kind of it. Uh, Gumroad does the rest of it. Gumroad will allow you to process credit card transactions. It would deal with enrolling people into the course and giving them access to the course material. So you don't have to do any of that stuff. Um, Gumroad takes a small percentage for doing this, but it's relatively minor compared to the massive amount of money you'd have to spend uh, paying somebody else to build an e-commerce site for you. Thousands. Yeah, yeah, a few thousand mm. at least. Um, we will be showing you how to do that kind of stuff yourself in future weeks, but that is, I mean, we're four minutes over already, so I'm not going to outline sales funnels and mm. uh, membership sites right now, but we will cover that later. For now, though, if you just need a place for your course to live, mm. where you can charge money that deals with payment, that deals with sending people uh, notification emails and helping them recover their passwords and kind of stuff like that that you don't want to be dealing with, then Gumroad is great. Uh, it's very simple, very easy to use. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so that's it today. We're so, not getting paid by Gumroad, by the way. It's just really good. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, that's, it just cuts all of that out because that is thousands and thousands of pounds worth of work and it's it can get very technical. Um, and often somebody tries and they end up outsourcing it and then spending thousands of pounds. So outsource it to a system that works. You can just plug and play something like Gumroad and I'll take you and walk you through that, that journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, again, a lot. So today... Let, let me, rather than summarize today, is it okay if I summarize what we've done this week? Oh, yeah. Because okay. it does end with today, so that makes Yeah, so, so start to finish. Okay, so if you remember, the purpose of today was to, uh, the purpose of this week was to expand on last week, which is I'm an expert, I've got knowledge and information to sell, and by leveraging that knowledge and information, not as a teacher, but by presenting my information as a masterclass, I can then build my trust, authority, expertise, my ability to say, I can solve your problem later down the line for a premium price. Now that forms what we call an expert funnel. Now within that expert funnel, it's going to be very difficult for somebody to come and pay you thousands of pounds for your premium product straight away. And it can be overwhelming. It can be information overload. And how do we know if we can trust that you can provide the value in exchange for that thousands of thousands of pounds, hundreds of hundreds of pounds, or whatever you're going to pay, whatever somebody will pay for your expertise, your service, your premium product. So the way we do that is we go right back to the start. We work back and create an entry-level product um, off the back of uh, having already done the baton model, which is the business, which is the expert funnel we're talking about, audience, which is attracting an audience attention. We spoke about techniques to do that. Now we're sharing with our tribe an entry-level product. So this week has all been about creating that entry-level product. Everything from what is the idea of the product, validating the idea, then going ahead and producing a minimum viable product. We spoke about why that's important, how to specifically do that. Then we spoke about in day two, working through a eight-stage process of getting everything all your ideas associated with this and narrowing it down into one problem area, which helps determine the course through this eight-stage process. At the end of the eight-stage process, we then have a syntax. It's our intellectual property on a piece of paper. It's permanent and it allows a prompt, which is a, a better version of a script to start to deliver our course. We then spoke about yesterday actually delivering our course what schedule to attach to it, what time of day to deliver it, how do we announce the course, and the technical aspect of actually going live and filming it. Now, that's amazing. Now we've got people who have paid it. Today, we spoke about getting feedback on that minimum viable product, the version one of the course that we created live, and how do we now turn that into a version two, which is a product, which is the audio is great, the video is great, I've got uh, slide decks, I've got examples, I've got diagrams. I'm using a more dynamic way to present this. Then packaging it up as a recorded product, leveraging a tool like Gumroad and actually getting paid for it, sending this version to out to the world. And if I can find this diagram, um, which which I sketched up, it will, it will give you where we, here it is, if you're watching this, Everything we're doing is answering the same problem and we're focused here on the entry-level product. That's what the focus has been this week. And now we're getting closer to this line here in between, which is a polished version of that, which can scale and it, and it can be sold to a million people, a thousand people, a hundred people. But once the work has been done once, we don't have to repeat that work again and again and again. No, no more time is required to achieve that, which is great on many, 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 many fronts. So it's been an incredible week. Mm. Now, that's that's it in a nutshell. That's what we focus on this week. And no doubt you're going to have a whole bunch of questions. You can ask us those questions in the Slack group because, yes, this is a simple process, but as you can see, it's taken five, six hours and the entire week to explain this to you. And the reality is we've given you lots of actions and we've given you one pathway but there's going to be lots of nuances in this. And that's where we're here to help you in the Slack group. Yeah, it's going to depend a lot on what your industry is. It's going to depend on your experience in the industry, etc. So there are going to be 
personal and situational aspects that we cannot cover because we don't know everything about you. However, mm. if you come to the Slack group, then we can address it. Absolutely. So that's the end of this week. And before we sign off, remember, we've just published the first guide in a series of guides, which is available for less than one pound, less than a dollar on Amazon. It's going to be free this weekend, mm. uh, for this weekend only for a promotional period. And what that guide gives you access to is 200 plus different ways to make money online whilst working from home. We're living in a strange time at the moment. Uh, it can be a very difficult, tricky time for people. So one of the ways we thought we could help is by researching and listing out this way where whether you've got more time on your hands at home or you're strapped for cash or you just want to learn some new skills and evolve and start to un understand on how you can actually make money online, we've given you 200 different ways to do that. Everything from tiny amounts of money all the way up to if you stack some of these items, you can be talking about thousands of dollars thousands of pounds a month which you can make online working from home all you need is a wi-fi connection a hardwired connection and a laptop or desktop computer whatever that is that's all you need to get going and actually a lot of them can actually be done from your mobile phone as well you may not even need a laptop so there it is so go check that out grab it for free uh, why not the purpose is not to make money from this book the purpose is to help you and give you access to 200 different items uh, available so that ebook is out now go check it out it's on amazon yeah, free for the next couple of days. I just checked, 20 people have downloaded it for free today. So hopefully Amazing. hopefully you can add to that and grab it for free this weekend. Awesome. The link is in the description below mm. for the Slack group. And to get access to that book, it'll just take you straight there. Uh, it's free. Download it straight to your Kindle or e-reader. So awesome. Enjoy that. And we shall see you next week. See you next week.